Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy, and I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital, where we exist to help law firms grow their practice by using digital marketing. I'm joined today by awesome guests coming out of Chicago, Illinois area. Ray Palmer, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you on. And everyone, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things here, but Rafe really has done a lot of cool stuff with his firm. Their marketing looks tight. Uh, he's doing some really interesting things. He's on TikTok, uh, where most of you probably are not. I'm hoping you're going to learn a lot from what he's doing and maybe get out of your comfort zone and, uh, take your firm to the next level. So think about some of the things that he's got to share today. Please tune in. So Rafe, let's get started. First off, your background, your story, you know, what was that defining moment that made you become an attorney? And uh, give us a little bit of the, the story to where you got to where you are today. The short story about defining moment on being an attorney was I, when I was a kid, I dreamed of being a fighter pilot or a rock star, but I, my eyes are no good and I can't sing. So my uh, grandfather suggested I'd make a great lawyer because I like to read, I like to write, and I guess argue as well. So he, I think he thought I had the makings of a good attorney. We don't have any lawyers in our family. I'm the first one. So I thought the competitive nature of trial practice like attracted me, sort of the gunslinger thing. So late in college, I decided to, I, I would go to law school and kind of like close the loop on my grandfather's uh, suggestion that I'd be a great lawyer. And I ended up loving it. I well, when I was clerking actually before I was in law school, and I liked what I saw the trial lawyers doing. And I thought, this is going to be exciting. I want to do this. And I wasn't a family law or divorce attorney. I started out doing uh, per, actually personal injury, personal injury. Yeah. And doing uh, auto accidents and stuff like that and trying cases, doing that and com commercial litigation and a lot of other things. And I had a very colorful uh, past and I've reinvented my legal career a few times, actually. So uh, the defining moment about being a managing partner or wanting to own a law firm came after frustration of working as an associate for a few years and thinking I'm not getting paid when I want to make that I, I'm interested in business development and marketing and how a business is run. Mm. And that stuff just interests me also. And I just found I had a desire to learn some of that stuff. And I wanted to be at the front of the bus, not, not in the back of, even if it was a small bus, I wanted to be in the front. And I read Kiyosaki's book, rich mm -hmm. dad, poor dad. And that blew my Great mind. Book. Yeah. And that changed my entire life when I read that in 1998 or 1999. And I realized at that point, I need to own a law firm. I'm going to do it some way, somehow. I'm not sure how, but eventually I'm going to figure this out and do it. So that's, that's how it started. I love it. You know, how many attorneys that I know or have talked to or got to interview, you know, you don't start out knowing how to run a business. And a no. lot of attorneys don't still know how to run a business. You know, they're a lawyer and they are, they're a technician, right? They're a practitioner. Yes. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm all about business and running businesses and no matter what the business is, but that you got to get that figured out. So if you're, if you're listening right now too, you're running a business and that's what you got to get good at. And so I love that great book, uh, rich dad, poor dad. I only got to think about a year, two years ago it was the first time I actually read it. So yeah. a little bit late to the game, but, uh, yeah, a great book. Everyone should check that out. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of like a fundamental, I, I have my sons read it and they're in college. It just, it's. If you have that mindset, it, it helps set the course for the rest of your life. I wish I'd read it sooner, but it, it was, it was in enough time to help me out. So 
Yeah, I anybody's reading for sure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, to your point, uh, my son is 10, my daughter's eight. That book makes me think a lot about what I say and do and how um, I treat them and how they understand when they want to buy something or get money from a right. birthday card or whatever. Yes. And and what that all means, you know, what we're going to do with it and what, what it means. So definitely something everyone should take a look at that if you haven't read that book. But so let's transition over to uh, you started your own firm. Uh, you've kind of shifted gears. You started out in PI. What do you specialize in now? What is your firm known for? And give us a, like a little bit of a profile maybe on on the firm itself. Sure. I, I've owned a couple different firms. This firm I joined in 2009, STG Divorce Law. I co-own it with my wife, actually, Julie Guman is my partner. We own it. And uh, I've been with the firm now, whatever, it's been about 11 years or so. And I've been the managing uh, shareholder for three years now. So since the beginning of 2018 and had a management role before that, but officially became the managing shareholder in the beginning of 18. So I've owned and managed law, a law firm in the past in the early 2000s and then had my own business, my own firm for a while, then came to this firm. So we are a 15 attorney divorce practice. We do other bits and pieces of family law, but divorce is the main thing. We have four offices, 15 lawyers, and uh, we are in the Chicagoland area in Illinois. So that a little sketch about our firm. We've been around since 1994. So nice. we've got... Um, long-term legacy in the practice and have a great reputation and we intend to keep it and grow it so and, and that's a good size family for law firm like that's pretty large actually uh typically yeah. seven six seven um is what we're, i come across at the biggest we're, we're the largest outside of the chicago out of downtown chicago or the biggest divorce firm in illinois outside of chicago okay well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, congratulations on that then. And so divorce is a big thing. And I want to talk about how you get clients sure. next is a, a big piece. Obviously, we do digital marketing for law firms. All I like to know is how do law firms run and how do they get clients? And that's pretty much it. But tell me, you know, what have you guys done that's really been successful to get clients marketing in the uh, Illinois area? So we've transitioned dramatically in the last few years to internet marketing and, and social media. We since we're a legacy firm, a large portion of our business when I took over management was referrals and, and uh, past clients sending folks. So we had a huge percentage of that driving our business, which scared me because uh, you don't want to rely on that. That's not necessarily something you, I mean, hopefully you do a good job for folks and they keep coming back. And that grew us from one attorney to, you know, 12 or 13. But if, you, you know, I, I realized market share is getting gobbled up by lots of upstart law firms who are being savvier in the internet market space. Yeah. They were running, they had good social, they were running pay-per-click, their websites were good. And we'd been pretty good in the web in the early two, I'd say about 2000 till about 2010, 2012. We had a great website. We had good natural search results on Google. So we were doing pretty well on that. But I saw our sort of fresh clients declining, our internet referral percentage dropping very slowly. Mm. And that got me, got my attention. So first of all, I was getting metrics to figure out how we were doing and look at our business sources. We didn't really track that stuff very well in the past. So measuring that stuff was really important so we could see where it was coming from and start dashboarding and seeing what was going on. And then we were able to diagnose the problem. And I knew our social media game was weak. Our website needed a major revamp. So we rebranded. Well, this logo was yeah. part of that. And uh, changing the name from names of people to a brand that would last beyond certain people leaving or coming and going so we could create a lasting brand was also important and a way of thinking rather than just this person or that person, like a cult of personality. So <laughs> building a constellation of, of information around website, social, 
uh, pay-per-click building that constellation has been my major mission in the last few years. Excellent. And, and so we've shifted our business dramatically from 80% referral and you know, people we know to about 50% or under 50%. Now we're getting a lot of raw, fresh business from internet sources of, of all kinds. Which you can turn into more referrals. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but you're, yeah. getting, you're shoveling fresh coal into the engine rather than yeah. continue to mine the same sources. And that's what's really engine driving a lot of the growth. I love it, actually. Um, and that's how I started my business. I started my company in 06, uh, doing websites and SEO. And that was kind of much where I stuck. I was all referral. I had to go out and find it. I had a network. It was local. That was it. But yeah, it would scare me if it's all I had now. You know, we, we couldn't do that. But um, right. But it's where you got to start. You got to do good work. You got to get referrals, you know, reach out to other attorneys, uh, have mentors, people that can refer you, maybe the, the previous place you worked, if they don't handle divorce, but they handle PI, they can send you, you know, it's a great way to start. And, this, um, and these things all work if you execute on them. You have to be consistent and persistent in executing. You have to pick a couple of channels, but we have the resources to pursue several channels. So yeah. we can we can afford pay-per-click. We can afford a great website. And, and I, I folks doing writing for it, all these things. So in, in social media, I have the time and the wherewithal to, to crank out videos on TikTok. Not everybody can do that. That's okay. If you're smaller scale, you have to pick something and, and focus on it and execute. And if that doesn't work, shift to the next thing and execute. And it's some folks, if you're starting out or whatever, you're not going to have the time or the resources to chase down shooting a bunch of video on TikTok. But maybe you've got time to, to prep a bunch of tweets on Twitter or, make, or create a bunch of posts on LinkedIn and drop them over the following week and batch them and, and get them out there. Or like I said, human networking isn't dead. It's just that you have to be good at pursuing it and create a system. No, 100%. Everything you said, I, I agree with. And also to everyone listening, tuning in, if you're on video, the website address is right below. Thank if you're you. listening on the podcast, it's stglaw.com, short and sweet, stglaw.com. Check it out. It's a really cool site. I like their brand, um, nice and fresh and clean, not like a traditional law firm website. I think it looks good. I like your all's logo and brand. Some of the things you said there I want to pick up on is, one, all the channels online work. Whether or not you get them to work for you the first time you took a stab at it or whoever you hired or if you try to do it in the house, maybe it didn't work, but SEO works. A good website works. Advertising works. Uh, social media, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. We I've had folks on here from every type of law practice area um, <clears throat> that have had it and make it work. So it's, and I think sometimes attorneys are like, "Well, that won't work for me." You know, that's not going to work for me, and um, that's not the case. And there's another gentleman that we're we're actually in the, talking with now. He was a guest on. He's got five hundred thousand followers on TikTok. He's an awesome. old white guy lawyer. You know, you would think there's no way this guy's on TikTok and he shouldn't have 500,000 followers. <laughs> so it's people are doing it. I mean, yep. and, it, and it works for them. And so I guess, you know, get out of your mind that ah, that doesn't work. I tried it once before. I had someone tell me that earlier with the SEO. Yeah, I tried SEO. It doesn't work. Well, and it's and you're making a good point. It's these things are all cumulative games. They're games of, of incremental improvement. And like SEO, it doesn't work in a month. It takes a long time to build up and an SEO strategy. And you're the expert on this, but I've learned it's not a, you can't keyword stuff a website anymore and, no. and, and call it a day. Say the divorce lawyer, divorce lawyer, divorce lawyer, all in black on a black screen. Google figured that out a long time ago, folks. <laughs> smart SEO, it takes time and money and it's lengthy period of time, but you will build over time. Yeah. And the other forms of marketing are the same thing. When I started on TikTok, I had to, like my mom and my, my sister followed me. And, 
And then, but you do a video that, and then the, the, the algorithm on TikTok is, is wired to be viral. So yeah. you have a video that gets a good watch time. TikTok shares it to a bunch of other people that, and eventually TikTok starts, the algorithm starts to figure out who likes your stuff. So if people watch similar videos, it's blowing that video to larger numbers of people. And the algorithm sends it to your followers originally. Then if they like it, a bigger group of people and a bigger group of people. And even though I, I have 14,000 some followers right now, started yeah. out with zero, but I'll have a video that hits 75,000 views and a bunch of shares if it's the right topic. And sometimes you have no idea what's going to be viral or what interests people. You just have to keep taking shots every day. It's uh, to use the hockey analogy, the more shots on goal you have, the more you're going to score. It's very simple. Right. It's just persistence and, you know, keeping at it. And also watching other folks who are successful. Like you said, watch this guy who's got 500,000 followers. Look at his videos. What's he doing that you're not doing? You know, maybe it's not something you want to do, but. <laughs> Find, yeah, what's you? What works for you? And yeah. and be yeah. natural, be yourself. I, I watched a bunch of your videos and everyone, you can take a look, follow him. It's just uh, Rayford Palmer yep. um, on TikTok and you're on some other places as well. But yeah, that's, that's me like everywhere. To my name on Facebook, Insta. TikTok, uh, Twitter, I'm really all over the place with them. Well, I'm I'm lucky like you. I Kevin Daisy with there's a D A I S E Y. I got that everywhere. So there's there's not two of them, which is good. Right. But um <laughs> but yeah, you, you have to find what works for you. Be yourself. Don't try to be something you're not. Uh, just have fun with it. Um, I had a fan, we had a film crew in here yesterday and I made, I think six, yeah, six reels sure. for Instagram. And those are going to go out, you know, the next couple of weeks. So like, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and you know, whatever. And that's reels are new for me personally. And so, you know, we got people that do it all for us. We pay them to come in. I got people that post it. So yeah, you know, if you don't have the resources, uh, do it, just start messing with it. If uh, SEO, all yeah, you need, got your phone. Yeah. All you need is this folks. There's nothing. I do all my TikTok on this thing. The post, yep. I, half of the posts I do myself and, and edit them with TikTok's app and drop them on Tuesdays, Thursdays. And then I have, I have a team that does some editing and does some nice graphics on some of them Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but you don't need a team to do it. You know, you can, you can shoot them yourself on your phone. There's a million tools out there that are free or low cost to help edit these things. It's just a matter of, you know, if you have time, Great. You can put in the time. If you have money, you can have someone else, you know, leverage their time and do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, and I think that goes with just, you know, anything we're talking about, right. There's different channels, there's different, you know, SEO, which I believe in that strongly. It's somewhat logical and scientific on, okay, here's what we're going after. Here's what we're going to write and, and, and backlinks we're going to get, but you, you sometimes don't always know which one's going to really hit it. And you're, you're putting out more content. Uh, just like with TikTok, you don't know which video is going to just whatever, for whatever reason, blow up and take off, you know? So you just got to be keep putting stuff out. You got to be consistent. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Right one other tip I would have is uh, for people is um, know your business and, and understand how people in that market find you. So for example, you mentioned before the show LinkedIn and how you, you know, you've got a presence on LinkedIn. I'm there too, but we're really a direct to consumer business. I mean, folks are looking for divorces. They're, they're looking online at night or during the day and they're searching for divorce law firms. Typically, maybe they're asking a friend, but it's usually not a B2B type thing. It's rare to get uh, referrals from LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. for us. 
But occasionally a lawyer on LinkedIn, like a business attorney will say, well, I have my client needs to talk to someone about a divorce. So it does happen. But for us, it's more of the direct consumer. So Facebook's big for our demo. You know, our, our demo is 35 to 55 year old folks. They're on Facebook. Yep. Uh, they're, they're also on Instagram, but they're not on Snapchat. You know, you kind of need to know now, eventually they will be, you know, our <laughs> folks are going to get older and, and now people, older people are trending on TikTok. They're, you know, my dad's on TikTok now. He's, oh, in well. his, he's on his mid seventies. So you find the thing that works for your market. And then like we said, and then take a stab at it. Don't give up after a short period of time though. It's, it's going to take time, but you'll find it builds. And a lot of content can be recycled as well. You're not, don't have to use it only once repurpose and that's um that's something that we we try to do here like this episode right now that we're filming uh this is going to be on youtube it's going to be on our website it's going to be on the podcast as an audio version it's going to be probably a half a dozen micro content pieces instagram stories instagram post it'll be all over the place for my company and me personally linkedin facebook from one 15 minute episode that we're recording right now right and so don't put all the effort in and then stop at that one piece take that one bit of effort you put in and 10x that. Yeah, and it's so. it's with the technology, it's just easier and easier to do. You do a podcast or you shoot a video, you can extract the transcript, you can pull the audio off of it. It's it, the tech makes it so easy to do this. These are things that were impossible <laughs> without sophisticated technology several years ago, and now this is stuff your phone that apps on your phone can do. It, it really is. And uh, we actually do transcripts for this too on our website, uh, gives us good SEO value. And then, yeah. so there's just so many things you can do. And if you can't afford to hire, like say my company, we're, you know, we're an agency where we do the work for you. Fiverr, uh, you can go online and hire people that can just do simple tasking for you. You can get a virtual assistant, you know, so there's cheaper other ways to get it done and just find those like small tasks that you just like, you know what, I can't do it um, and get someone else to do it for a fair price. Absolutely. You know? So yeah, and then there's just so many things out there. Buffer, um, there's other apps you can use to, to load up your social media. Having a social media planning day, you know, fill up your buffer, which basically allows you to put all the posts in there and post them later for you. Right. Facebook, you can schedule posts. Spend a couple hours one day and then you're done for the rest of the week or maybe the rest of the month. You know, it depends on how many you want to post. We use Sprout Social and we, you know, have everything preloaded in there and you know, everything's planned ahead of time and the content drops, you know, at regular intervals. And also you do the research and find out when your content's going to get the most, uh, yep. you know, viewers, views and shares, and then you're dropping it at the appropriate time. So the more eyeballs see the content. Yeah, all that stuff's available. And just Google best time to post on Instagram, best time to post on LinkedIn. You know, people have done all this study and information. And all you got to do is go look for it. No reason for anyone not to do it other than they just, they're scared to do it. They don't think it's going to work, you know, or they think they don't have the, the time. And so. Yeah. And, don't, and also I would say, don't think you can't get an audience. You know, you may say, well, there's somebody else doing it. Yeah, but they're not you and they're not in your particular area. And maybe there's somebody in Florida doing it. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. You're in Illinois, New York State or somewhere else. There, there will be an audience that likes you and wants to follow your content. So don't worry that. There are three other people doing it on Instagram or don't feel like you're copying somebody or don't, don't let that bother you. There, there are going to be, there will be an audience for you as well. Well, yeah. Think about it like this. Like, so say you're uh, a law firm in Chicago and your office is right here and you're the only one for like 10 miles for years. Right. And then boom, here comes another law firm next door. You know, they're going to take some of your market share. They're right next to you. Google my business is going to get ranked. They're going to get SEO value. They're going to start taking your customers. So you either can do something about it and play in the game or not, you know, and that's what you said in the beginning, referral, 8% referrals, 
and there's all these new firms popping up that are doing cool, exciting things. They're paperless, they're virtual, yep. and you got to do something about it. You got to step it up and get in front of these people. We've really been leading into the technology. We're an all remote law firm now. We have physical locations, but they're really just to meet clients. And so, and our lawyers have a place to go if they need to for their, maybe their kids are distracting them or something. <laughs> but we've, we went all virtual at the beginning of the pandemic and we're staying that way. And it's been, it's worked out beautifully. Um, the tech has worked really well. I'm actually in my home office now. So it's really, we've had a, found a huge advantage to leveraging the technology and our clients enjoy it as well. Yeah, it's awesome. And, um, but that's what you got to do. You can't, you can't stay stagnant you got to pivot. You got to get out of your comfort zone, TikToks and all the cool stuff that's happening out there. But all these channels, no matter what they are, all these different things can work and they're working for the people that put the time and attention yep. into it. And so I think it's a great lesson out of, out of what you had to share here today. Check out his TikTok too, everyone, and see what he's done. I mean, he's, he's answering questions. And there's another good book, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, is They Ask, You Answer. And it's a gentleman that I've actually got to met, meet before. It's um, Marcus Sheridan. Um, but he had a pool company, so not a law firm, but he started blogging any question that ever came in from any customer. And he had a pretty big like pools and spa company. Oh, my camera's one. Glorious. Focusing on my mic. There we go. Um, and so basically, he started just writing an article responding to every question any client ever asked. How much does the pool cost? You know, what's the right size of the pool? What's the difference between vinyl and a liner pool? Whatever. So, and his business is made, you know, they're like the biggest pool company in the country now. But he wrote a book about it called They Ask, You Answer. And so that's what Rafe's really done really well on TikTok is people have asked all over the internet, questions, comments, and he answers them. Yeah. And it's all about divorce. And, um, you know, it's, it's great. You got a huge library on there too, of, of videos that you've posted. Yeah. And it makes it once the, once people start following and they ask the questions, it makes shooting the videos easy because half of them, you're just answering the questions and the, the, the viewers are driving the content. So you don't have to sit there worrying about well, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> Exactly. What am I going to, you know, so I have another podcast called uh, journey to hundred million. It's my personal podcast with my business partner <clears throat> and we have over a thousand episodes and that's just me on video by myself talking about something. Yeah. And that's a pain. I got to make a list. What am I going to talk about this week? Uh, what happened in the company with my employees, my team, uh, clients, whatever. And, and that usually becomes my list, but it takes a little bit of effort to figure out what I'm going to talk about. Sure. So it, it's nice when you get the questions and you can just answer them. So. Yeah, the, the viewers end up driving the content, so it's it becomes fairly easy to build it. And then when people see your responsive, you get more viewers because people say, "Well, great, maybe I'll answer my question," and it and it grows. And then and then also, I mean, with divorce, I think specifically, you know, that's not a wake up in the middle of the night and go, "Huh, I'm going to get a divorce today." Um, people spend time a year, year and a half, uh, the seasonal to some degree, right? Holidays coming up, not a lot yeah. of divorces. It happen tends, at the holidays. It know? tends to be uh, definitely seasonal. So it like slows down a bit in the summer, picks up in the fall, yep. slows down for the holidays, picks up again after the holidays. Yeah, absolutely true. And so um, they have to be immersed in and and feel like they know you. And if they do, when this when they're like, you know what, I just, you know, ready to make this decision. Uh, I've been watching your videos. I feel like I know you. And I've had clients come to me saying, I feel like I know you. I'm ready to sign with you guys now. And I'm like, I don't yep. know who these, I don't even know who these people are, but yes. um, 
it works. I've seen it happen. It's happened with me. And I'm sure you, you get that happen with you. Absolutely. That's you build up credibility through social because people really feel like they know you and you build up trust before they even come in the door. You're absolutely right. That's it's a very unique change in, in, a, in a service business where they maybe saw an ad in the yellow pages back. I'm old enough to have had yellow pages <laughs> and uh, and watch them die too, by the way. But people would- I helped them die, I think. Well, yeah. And I switched over to the, you know, as the tech changed, we built a website and all that. So we, we made it fine. But it was an interesting time seeing that transition occur right before our eyes where we would get 75 calls a month from our yellow pages ad then it was 65 then it was 50 mm. and it was 30 and it was like you're literally watching it die off in real time and uh the credibility you'd have to build from the minute they walked in so what does the office look like was yep. very important still important to some extent. how they answered the phone yeah all those things were and obviously still important but far more important back then when nobody really knew anything about you or your law firm until they walked in the door now a lot of them are pre-sold because they've been reading the articles seeing you on social yes. media seeing google reviews and they say well this guy's awesome um they have no qualms about coming in and meeting with you it's to some extent perfunctory when they come in first or even people or better yet he answered my question online right you know how powerful is that you know yeah, right uh, who else would i go to i mean that's you know, unless I was not in your state and I couldn't work with you or something, but sure. other than that, it'd be like, you, you answered my question. I'm, I have, I'm not going with anybody else. Like you already helped me for free. So I think that's just super powerful. And I think, you know, think about seeing a billboard with an attorney on it in a nice suit sitting there, call us now. Like you have no allegiance to that person and don't even know who they are. And that billboard can't, it can't replace like a video or uh, you know, where you're online talking and giving helpful tips. There's just no way. Well, so. one of the thing is you're meeting them when they're looking thanks to social being 24 seven. And, and those posts are all out there. When if, if it's midnight and they want to go through my videos and find something to interest them, they can, if they're Googling, they can do it anytime they want. You don't have to, the doors don't have to be open in the law firm and they're able to make a connection with you 24 7 365 that's a powerful you know you're basically your marketing force is awake 24 7 working for you then of course the next thing is are you ready to accept those calls when they do come in and can you deliver <laughs> quickly you know you better have an infrastructure to deal with the folks when they come in and talk yeah how's your intake process next <laughs> yeah it's do you want me to talk about that i'm yeah uh yeah uh tell me what's your what you guys do for that and your how you manage your your case pipeline you know what's that looking like sure so we formalized an intake team a few years back we used to have just our paralegals would answer the calls as they came in and that wasn't their main job so it was sort of a distraction for them to handle new client calls well that's not a great way to approach new client calls because they're the lifeblood <laughs> of the law firm so we had asked one of our paralegals to become an intake specialist and we did some training she agreed to do it she wasn't sure that she'd be busy enough doing it I felt otherwise, and it became her full-time job. And then we added two more people to that team. So we have three full-time intakers and their mission in life is getting those people in the door, getting consults scheduled, vetting them, running conflicts, checks, all that stuff. And it's down to a well-oiled machine at this point. We collect the consultation fee for the people where we charge the fee. They vet people, like I said, and, and pre-qualify clients. They listen to their story. They talk to them and make a connection. We have people who are great listeners and then schedule the consultations. So that it's working out very well at this point. And, and also they're awesome. entering data into our system. So we have notes and we know what these folks are asking about when they come in. So when the consultation occurs, the attorneys have the information they need and can have an effective consult. So that we had a much more rough system before with really no follow-ups and you know, kind of an old school system. 
system where people called and it was much more ad hoc. And, and so we systematized it and it's worked out very well. Oh, well, it's excellent. Kudos on you uh, for that. Thank you. And that's, I know that's for an agency, but that's been the biggest difference for us as far as uh, we're not, we don't have like an intake call problem necessarily, but, but just client uh, onboarding and that whole experience from the start to onboarding to the first day to the first month to the first 90 days. Now for us, it's a longer relationship, of course, with the client, but all those things matter. And I, yeah. I beat my team up literally weekly, daily about how important that is and how we should always be improving it. But Absolutely. you have to have a system in place. It can't be ad hoc. Follow-up is massive. Absolutely and right. I've had employees be like, well, I emailed them like a couple of days ago. I mean, I contacted them. Like, yeah, how many attorneys are checking their email every day? So and they don't even know they were contacted at all because they might not even see the email. We got a call, we're going to text, we're going to email, and you're going to do it again for the end of the day. And then until they say stop, you know. <laughs> well, that's right. Just, Persistence pays off and hitting all the modalities and, or, or whatever, you know, whatever their preferred form of communication is. If they text you, you text them. You don't, don't yes. make them switch channels. Like if they're, if they're DMing you on Instagram, you DM them on Instagram. You mm -hmm. don't say, oh, call me at this number. You're going to lose folks in the gap or you're going to say, well, I, I, why don't I just text you on Instagram? I don't want to, why are you making me call you? You know, you <laughs> You have to meet the clients where they're at and not force them to switch to your, to whatever modality you like. And then a lot of law firms do that. Like, you got to call us at this phone number. Why are you doing that? Yeah. So for yeah, the firms out there, think about that too. A lot of firms are, especially the new ones. I've had a lot of the younger firms that started in COVID, um, which I wanted to have on as guests because I got, you know, to hear their stories about you know, their struggles. Right. But they had no choice. They're like paperless, I'm virtual, and I meet clients wherever they need want to meet. I don't care if it's on TikTok or LinkedIn or Instagram or you know whatever. They don't care, and they're they're doing it, and so they're taking advantage of the landscape that's out there. And so as the clientele gets older, these kids grew up with a phone in their hand. Mm -hmm. They're going to be your paying clients if they aren't already. They're going to be soon, and if you don't meet them where they're at, they are not going to call you. They're going to call the young guy that just started his law firm down the street and is willing to text them and willing to. Set up a consult DMing on Instagram. Yeah, you got to think about metaverse and you got to think about cryptocurrencies and <laughs> accepting that kind of stuff at some point. You know, there's yeah. there's all kinds of changes that are happening. They're all going to happen faster as technology speeds up. I mean, you're just going to be trying to keep up. So yeah, that, uh, that, if, the reality is change is occurring and, and the, the rate of change increases and lawyers don't like that. You know, I know I don't love it either. I started as a lawyer <laughs> in 94. Tech is fun for me. I've always been interested in computers, software, hardware, and technology. A lot of lawyers aren't, but I find it fun. But it's a reality. It, that wave has hit our beach later than most other service industries. So it's hit the travel industry. It's hit the stockbroker. You don't call your broker anymore. <laughs> you don't go to your bank anymore. You can buy a car on your phone. So it's you know, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> you have to understand that that's the world everybody's living in now. If, yeah, you're not just ordering a pizza on the phone. You can buy a car on your phone. And, and so that's the kind of world we're living in. And lawyers are really risking their business success by not acknowledging that and not moving toward that. And it's since we're sort of a, we're a controlled monopoly, you know, in the United States, we've been able to kind of pull off on some of that. But, <laughs> lawyer, you know, there are lawyers catching on and are, they're doing this stuff. And if you fail to do it, you're really putting your success, your business in, in jeopardy. Yeah. You don't have to do it all at once, but you have to start moving towards it incrementally at least and get, and get started. And COVID just sped it way up. Yeah. Well, we, one thing I'd say is we, we meant to go remote in five years. My, our vision was we were going to be an all remote law firm in five years when I wrote out our, our plan oh, cool. and it happened in five weeks because of COVID. We, <laughs> we had to like, hey, well, I got this plan here. Let's just. Well, it was like people said, when are we coming back? And I, I talked to my business partner and said, why don't we tell them we're never coming back? <laughs> and we, and they said, 
okay, that sounds great. And they actually said, you're not going to make us come back, are you? And we said, no, we're really serious. We're not going back. And we've had every, everything's been on Zoom ever since then. Stand-up meeting yep. at 845, attorney meeting every Thursday, staff meetings, all this stuff is, is on it. Zoom. And we're all remote. And there are folks that go into the physical office, but even when they, we have meetings, they're on Zoom in their own offices, not sitting together because we didn't want to create this in-office, out-of-office, tribal thing, which is what happens when I think hybrid is not a good plan because I you, gotcha. keep, yeah. you create two tribes. You create the in-office tribe and the out-of-office tribe, and and then people play favorites and <laughs> all this. That's a good point. So I think you either go all the way one or all the way the other. Um, I would urge people from what I've read and what I'm seeing, either go all remote or be in the office. And I think hybrid ultimately will not be successful for folks. That's a good point right there. I haven't had anyone tell me that before, and I didn't even think about it myself. We went all remote. I'm in the office right now. We have an office that we own. So we know we didn't have to expand the office footprint, which is good. Uh, so me, my business partner, and my other president of another firm that I own, we're in the office full time. But the rest of my team, I have 20, 22 people that are completely at home. They, sure. We do get together and have lunch, but we pay for every other week. We do have a lot of people that are in different states, Florida. We have eight, I think. So we got some people spread out, which can't get together anyway. Right. Um, so we've, we've avoided the whole tribal thing because it's really just some of the owners and leaders hang out in the office, but that's about sure. it. Right. But I can see that being a problem if, if you had a handful of employees in the office every day hanging out with the owners and the leaders right and kind of versus the people that were just at home feeling like they're disadvantaged for some reason well sure you've got the, the boss sees these people at their desks and they're bsing and they're having nice little side conversations and the tendency is what you see is what you're yeah. paying attention to and this yeah. remote has forced us to be better managers by increasing the level of communication and, and making us do one-to-one -one meetings every week with every person and all the things you're really supposed to do as a good manager, <laughs> we had to implement that stuff because you can't just manage by lunch meetings or by you know ad hoc walking around the office talking to people. Remote makes you manage better because you have to put in those systems and professionalize your management. And really, you should do it when you're in the office too. Uh, people have an illusion that, well, since I see these people, I'm managing them well. Yeah, I talked to them earlier, so that was a one-on-one. -on -one, right? Yeah, right, right. You know, I, in, the, I saw, in the lunchroom. When um, I got coffee, I saw the guy, so I, everything must be good. You don't know that. Well, another kudos to you, because um, have you read the book Traction? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's another okay, so, good one. Yeah, we have every morning huddles for yeah, the whole team. We do too. Um, and we got a little too big, so we now have like a sales team huddle, and we have an yeah. operations huddle. Yeah. And we have one-on-ones with every, every manager has one-on-ones with their, their team members all each one of them every week Us too. we have company meetings every month and that's more me and my partner kind of company vision where we've been where we're going right. but uh those things are crucial and we've been doing it for about three years now maybe four years actually but when we first got a daily huddle everyone's like what like why are we know, wasting our crazy. time with this yeah. yeah but um it's when we get to get together and we're virtual so we get to see everyone every day yep. and uh make what? sure that no one's siloed make sure everyone's good to go and then we have the one-on-ones so we really find out hey is everything good and we don't talk about work if we can help. Yeah, when we didn't, or you're right. It, it made a big difference for us, and especially going through the pandemic when people were scared and everybody was very concerned. And we had folks tell us that if we didn't have the 845, they said, I don't know how I'd get out of bed and get dressed, you know, because, you know, it motivates me to get 
ought to get going and have a benchmark about, okay, the workday starts now. And, you know, we, our office opens at 8.30 and the lawyers typically start at, at nine and then, or they have court or whatever. And and so it was an important touchstone every day and it still is. Like you said, everybody okay? Any last minute issues? Anybody need court covered? Okay, ready, go. And it's like five minutes, maybe 10. <laughs> and if folks want to stay on and talk about some issue, they can. Yeah. Um, most people break and go do what they have to do. But yeah, you're right. That's It forced us to be systematic about things and Wickman, you know, Wickman's book is excellent. I recommend it to anybody. I, I got to meet him a couple of weeks ago and got a cool. signed autographed copy. Um, That's cool. And, um, but I've had it for quite a few years. I think I've read it twice. My business partners read it twice. Um, we just keep going back and saying, all right, what else did we, did we not do yet? So, sure. <laughs> but the EOS system uh, is another thing to look into, which is the uh, entrepreneurs organ, uh, entrepreneurs operating system, yep. which is kind of what the, ba- the book's based on. Well, cool. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Last question. What's, what do you kind of see coming down the pike? What's the, the plans for the next couple of years for your firm? Oh, plans are further expansions. We just, uh, we added two lawyers at the beginning of the year. We just added two, we added two kind of newbies at the beginning of the year. We just hired two very experienced lawyers. Uh, one out of a state's attorney's office. She's a great trial lawyer. And the other one has uh, several years divorce experience. And we are expanding in downtown Chicago. We do work there, but we're really going to add lawyers who will be dedicated to that location. And we want to grow into the other county. We already serve all the counties around Chicago, but we want to add local offices in those. So we, we already have four and we use Regis and other similar places to get office locations. Nice. Well, we rent actual space there. So we're going to expand further. And so we have a local you know, presence in every one of the communities that we serve. So folks can do consultations with us there and um, helps with marketing. And you know, obviously online marketing helps to have a local uh, location as well. So that's- Google our- business. Yeah, get your map listing, right. start ranking for that area. Good to go, yeah. yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's really cool to see what you're doing. And Thanks. the next, the other goal would be a, a million followers on TikTok. You got it. <laughs> yes. Anybody wants to follow me, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Check him out. Rayford Palmer. It's down at the bottom of your screen. If you're, if you're checking this out, yeah. if you're listening, it's R-A-I-F-O-R-D Palmer. Yeah. Like, check share him out. F- like, share and follow, please. <laughs> we appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to, don't worry. Um, I, I looked at it on uh, my desktop, which I'm not logged into that to, to just watch a couple, but I'll get on my phone here shortly and, and should be sure to follow you. But a lot of good tips and lessons here, everyone. If you're listening to this episode, uh, talked about a lot of different things. So everything from marketing to uh, technology and working remote and managing your teams. So uh, a lot of things covered. <laughs> I would I definitely check this episode out again if you uh, are tuning in now. Rafe, I just appreciate you sharing everything today. So My pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, also check out their website. Also a really nice uh, job with the website and their branding, their, their style, everything like that. So stglaw.com. Uh, this episode will be up live soon on our website, arraylaw.com forward slash podcast. So if you search uh, by Illinois or divorce or family law, you should be able to find Rafe. He'll be up there soon. Uh, we've had over 150 probably 170. We just don't have them all on the website yet, but I've been quite the year of uh, interviews. And uh, so all kinds of great content on there. Go check out the uh, episodes that we have. And of course, if you need help, go in the direction that Rafe is going, check us out, ArrayLaw.com. We help law firms grow through digital marketing, uh, websites, SEO, social media, and advertising. And uh, check us out. So Rafe, anything else you want to add before we go? No, thank you very much for the opportunity. It was my pleasure. Yes, sir. Well, thank you. Stay on with me, everyone else. We'll see you soon. We'll see you in the next episode. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, 
all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.